Welcome to Tres Cuentos at a Time. Today, we finalize our journey through the myths dedicated to jealousy, ambition, and greed. The following story comes from the book The Moon in the Well, Wisdom Tales to Transform Your Life, Family, and Community. These stories were collected and adopted by Erica Helm Mead. The version that you will find in the book was adapted from Maya and Kiche Myths of Guatemala. My name is Carolina Quiroga Stoltz, and now I invite you to pay careful attention to the following cuento, so it does not happen to you. Ishel and the Dragonflies Long time ago, in the land of the wandering jaguar, the sacred deer, the magnificent Quetzal bird, and the ants who conquered, beneath the jade mountain and alongside the turquoise sea, in the land of the Maya people, The moon was said to be the most beautiful of all the heavenly bodies. People would spend hours during clear nights just staring at Ixchel, the moon. But Ixchel, she had a busy agenda. She was in charge of watching over the tides of the ocean steadily guiding them in and out. No one's timing was more reliable. She would also help sway over the poles of life, women, fertile cycle, and agriculture. And she would guide midwives, healers, and weavers. But her favorite pastime was traversing the cosmic streams, paddling in her canoe, and admiring the stars. Sometimes, she would shine boldly. Other times, she would partially wrap herself beneath her silken shawl. And other times, she would completely wrap herself beneath her silken shawl so nobody would get to see, not even sliver of her luminous chick. And then, in silence, she would glide across the Milky Way. In the meantime, the sun was <sighs> secretly in love with her. Oh, he would watch her as much as he could. He would strain his ray lights, trying to catch a glimpse of her. And sometimes, she would slightly open her silken shawl, so he would get to see <gasps> her earlobe. And when he was lucky, he would get to see <gasps> her shoulder. Oh, the harder he looked at her, the brighter she shone. And this waiting and watching and shining and flirting went on for eons. 
so the Maya say. In the land of the Maya, there are two seasons. The calm season and the storm season. And the storms were created by storm maker, Chak. Now Chak would get particularly bored during the calm season. And you know what happens when the gods get bored. They tend to gossip. And Chak wasn't the exception. So one day, feeling extremely bored, he decided to pay a visit to grandfather. And so he went to the moon's palace while Ixchel was away. <laughs> oh, grandfather, grandfather. You know that I see things everywhere. <laughs> And just the other day, I saw a glint in the sun's eyes for Ixchel. Ugh! I <laughs> I haven't seen anything different. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well, to me. Just to me. Not that everybody's talking about this yet. But to me, it seemed as if the sun ray lights are arrows of desire for a shell. Ugh. Well, when Shaq left, Grandfather could not get that thought out of his mind. This was unthinkable. These two could not be together. Ixchel's domains was of the night. Midwives, healers, and weavers. While the son's domains was of the day and nourishing the crops. If these two were going to come together, floods and darkness would come upon the earth. Oh, no, 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 no. That shouldn't happen. Meanwhile, Jack was bored to death. And this time, he felt like paying another visit to another fellow that lived on top of the Jade Mountain. Vulture. You know, Mr. Vulture, that I hear things everywhere. And just the other day, I heard that whoever gets to marry Ixchel will become the king of the skies. Mm -hmm. Well, after Chuck left, Vulture could not get that thought out of his mind. I mean, in those times, Vulture was not yet eating rotten and dead meat. That is another story. But he was already eating rotten vegetables and well-matured fruits, which not exactly makes him a high-class bird, more so a low-class bird. And the whole thought of becoming the king of the skies was certainly an intriguing thought. Well, Vulture was a meek fellow, but he was quite persistent. After that, Every morning before dawn, he began to fly up the skies to visit Ixchel and say something like, You love the skies. 
I couldn't help but to notice how radiantly you glowed through the clouds last night. Well, of course, these visits did not pass unseen to the sun, who grew really jealous. The calm season was nearly over, and Jack felt like speeding things up, and so he went back to the moon's palace while Ixchel was away. Hi, <laughs> grandfather! Grandfather, I bring this stressful news. No, 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 no! Everybody. Absolutely everybody is talking! <gasps> And they are saying that Vulture is planning to elope, run away with Ixchel. And to prevent that, the Sun is planning to kidnap her. Oh! <gasps> But I'm sure you're well aware of the situation, right? Of course, I am well aware of the situation, but I haven't decided what to do. What to do? Well, you know, I like to brainstorm. The truth is that Grandfather really didn't know what was going on, and Jack took advantage of the situation. He shared his plan with Grandfather, and at the end, Grandfather encouraged Jack to be bold in that heroic mission. If the rumors of that love triangle were true or not, we really don't know because that happened long time ago. But what we know is that Vulture and the Sun moved towards Ixchel that dawn, as it had been their habit. But what was special about that day? Jack was poised upon the sea, ready to release the biggest storm ever seen. First, he brought down the clouds to darken the world. Second, he sent His fierce winds. Third, he sent his thunderclaps. That came with so much violence that they nearly jolted. Venus, the morning star, out of his place in the skies. But the worst was about to come. Jack had ready his axes, and he began to toss the axes against the clouds. When the axes were hitting the clouds, they were creating lightning bolts, and the lightning bolts began to strike the earth here and there, here, there. One of those lightning bolts struck Shell. She fell down and sank in the waters of the ocean. And fearing for her life, she changed herself into 
and she left herself go, thinking that she was going to be just fine. But she was wrong. Jack was so blinded by his own rage that the lightning bolts began to pierce the waters of the ocean, hitting her. <sighs> Until Jack grew bored and calm came back. Ixchel's lifeless body was found floating in the waters of the ocean, next to her canoe. To rescue the pieces of her lifeless body, crossing the deserts, mountains, and oceans, came 400 dragonflies. And they all picked up Shell's lifeless body and gently placed her on her canoe. Then they lift up her canoe and brought her back to her grandfather. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, mi niña. Mi niña, mi niña. Ay, mi niña. Grandfather couldn't believe it. He couldn't help but to blame himself for what had happened to his granddaughter. If only he hadn't listened to Jack. For 13 days and 13 nights, Grandfather grieved for 13 days and 13 nights. The 400 dragonflies covered its shell in her canoe as if her canoe was her coffin and they hum. On the 13th night, Grandfather asked the dragonflies if they could take her to the cenotes, the entrances of the underworld because it was about time to say goodbye. And in that very moment, the 400 dragonflies elevated themselves in the air and flew away. But to grandfather's surprise, Ixchel rose up full of life. All those days and nights that the dragonflies had been humming, they were not grieving for her. They were filling her up with their life force. Ixchel resumed her place in the skies as the moon goddess of the Maya. As for what happened to Chak and Vulture, well, those are different stories. But the Kiche Maya that tell us this story will tell you too. Do not underestimate the power of a dragonfly. One is steady, fast, and strong, but 400 make miracles. Very well. Let's start talking about the culture from which this story comes from, the Quiche people, the source of this story. The Quiche are part of the Maya people. Quiche means many trees, and they constitute about 11% of the Guatemalan population 
according to the last census in 2011. The majority live in the highlands, most of the Quiche speak their native language, and some Spanish. The Quiche shared, along with other Mayan groups and other indigenous groups in Mesoamerica, similar myths and gods, but unlike other Mesoamerican cultures, even the Nahuas or Mexicas, the Maya had a better arithmetical system that helped them predict eclipses. To talk more about the eclipses, I will be referring to the book The Rabbit on the Face of the Moon, Mythology in the Mesoamerican Tradition by Alfredo López Austin, translated by Bernard and Thelma Ortiz de Montellano, published by the University of Utah Press, Salt Lake City. The Maya's mathematical calculations were more advanced than those of other Mesoamericans. They rejected the idea that the darkening of the sun was a risk. Instead, they turned this event into a mathematical regularity. Thanks to the creation of the lunation tables, the solar eclipses were no longer celestial accidents, but extraordinary events governed by universal laws. However, this does not mean that they were not scared about it. It simply helped the Maya priests to avert in a timely manner whatever misfortunes the eclipse could bring upon the people. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about the characters. To shed some light on who they were in the Maya culture, I will be referring to the Complete Dictionary of Symbols by Jack Tresider, General Editor, published by the Chronicle Books in San Francisco. To talk about the sun, we go to the page 253, and we find that the sun, according to the Maya, had a different name. It's Samna, the supreme deity of the Maya pantheon. It's Samna, also known as Lizard House, was the inventor of writing and learning, and was also considered the first priest. He was represented as a king, or a scribe, or as an old man, and in some cases, he has been depicted as a great sky serpent. All right, let's continue with Chak, C-H-A-C. He was the Mayan god of water, rain, and lightning. As guardian of the fertilizing rains, Chak presided over agriculture and opened a stone which concealed the first maze. He is also related to Tlaloc, the Aztec rain deity, who, just like him and like Itzmna, are shown as old men. Regarding Vulture, we will refer to the book written by Victor Montejo, The Bird Who Cleans the World, and there Vulture is called Usmik. His story dates to specifically when the flood happens. During the flood, the animals found a house on a hill. After a while, they noticed that the waters of the ocean had begun to recede slowly. So they sent Hachok Ok, the trumpet bird, 
to go and scout the horizon and see if there was land available. Well, he comes back with bad news. And then again, they wait. And when they notice that the waters are receding again, they send Usmik. Well, Usmik finds land, but he also finds a lot of dead animals. And he's really hungry. He starts eating it. So when he goes back and the animals noticed how badly he smelled is when he gets in trouble. Finally, we will finish our notes with Ixchel. Most of the versions that are well known are quite different from the one you heard. So I will be recounting one of those versions. And it comes from the book Changing Woman and Her Sisters, Stories of Goddesses, from around the world, retold by Katrin Hyman Tichana, illustrated by Trina Shard Hyman, published by Holiday House, New York. So the story tells us that Ixchel was a skillful weaver and she lived with her grandfather. Now one day the son saw her sitting there weaving and he liked her so much that he wanted to impress her. So he went hunting and caught a deer. She is very impressed. Now the next day, he realizes that deer were scarce. So he has the idea of using the same skin and he fills it up with ashes. And he brings it again by the girl's window. Of course, she is impressed. And he does the same thing day after day. Well, grandfather grows suspicious and he tells the girl to throw water right in front of the house. So when the son came that day carrying the deer, he slipped and the deer skin burst and covered the son with ashes. The son felt so embarrassed that he turned himself into a hummingbird. The old man shot the bird and stunned it. Then the girl took the bird into the room. When the hummingbird comes back alive, he resumes his human shape and he persuades the girl to run away. When grandfather finds out, He is very mad, and he goes and finds his friend Jack and asks him for help. Well, Jack found the young couple paddling down the river in a canoe, and he began to send lightning bolts. Well, the next lightning bolt, it struck its shell, and she exploded in pieces. Well, the sun calls the dragonflies, and they all picked up every drop of the girl's blood, and then they all put it in 13 hollow logs, and then they waited for 13 days. On the 13th day, the sun opens up each log, and on the first 12, serpents came out, and from the last one came out eggshell, alive. In the end, the two lovers moved together. For a while, everything was fine and beautiful. But then the son's brother, Shulap, the morning star, came to live with them. And the son grew really jealous. So he began to rage at her constantly. Ixchel grew tired of this situation. And she left the son and went to live with the king of vultures. Well, she stayed there for a while. But the son kept coming and insisting and asking for forgiveness. And eventually she forgave him and gave him a second chance. For a time, all went well, but the son became jealous again. And then he beat up Ixchel, hoping to mark her so that she wouldn't be so beautiful 
and none of the other gods would like her. Well, of course, she had enough, and she left the sun. And that is why every day the sun still roams the sky looking for its shell, but he can never find her, and she only comes out when he is sleeping. Well, friends, this is all for now. My name is Carolina Quiroga-Stoltz, and Tres Cuentos at a Time warns you to choose well your friends and lovers. Next time, we will be exploring the stories of legendary phantoms, legendary ghosts, such as La Llorona, El Cadejo, and The Eternal Wanderer. Nos escuchamos pronto. Adiós. This podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by Carolina Quiroga Stoltz. Proof listening by Don Heimel. Music and sound effects were downloaded from the YouTube audio library and freesound.org. List of credits by songs. The Poisoned Princess by Meteorite Productions. Chariots of War, Akash Gandhi. Please, Wayne Jones. Scrapping the Sewer, Doug Maxwell. Meteorite Productions. End of Time, Ugona Onyekwe. From Russia with Love, Huma Huma. Air Prelude and At Rest by Kevin McLeod. Creative Commons Attribution License. Sea of Doom and Wildfires by Doug Maxwell. Meteorite Productions. Undercover by Wayne Jones. <laughs>